Okay, welcome to the third episode of the Booth Warmers. Um, it is 8.24, Kobe Day. Uh, it's Tuesday, no, Monday. Monday night. Monday night. Um, how was your weekend? Yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, it was really all weekend. Yeah, it's It's just, I mean, we tried going out on the beach, but it was just too much people, so I just got some food and ate to go. Yeah. <laughs> how about it's... you, man? Did you do anything? I didn't do anything, so that was fun, but I didn't do anything. I probably spent time with my girlfriend for a few days, but yeah, it was really too hot to do anything. I mean, the past week has just been really, like, it's scorching hot, and it's the humidity, yeah, and it just sucks being outside and then, like, having a hard time breathing because of all the smoke, getting, right. or that's in the air that they're saying, um, but other than that, I mean, it's been a fun basketball weekend. It was. It yeah. was. I mean, it was good to be able to catch up with all the games over the weekend, yeah. just enjoy, just time off work, and just yeah. watch the games. Yeah, it was fun witnessing uh, Pandemic P struggling, like always, and Luca hitting that wonderful shot. Yeah, a lot of Clippers fans must be hurting right now. I was just talking to one of them, and <laughs> just they said that um, Luca giving him nightmares last night just because of that shot. <laughs> How did you feel about what Shaq said after the Inside the NBA interview? He said that he wasn't really shocked from Luca making that making that game winner. He's like, we've seen, I've seen it before, and he's like, oh, Steph Curry, uh, Damian Lillard has hit shots like that. He's like, I've seen it before. Like he's not, he wasn't shocked that Luca hit that. I guess people are, well, some people are probably shocked just because he's like a brand new NBA player, but. Mm-hmm. We like the basketball people know that he's been doing this for a while now. I mean, mm-hmm. he's been playing for his country since he was a teenager, basically. Mm-hmm. So he was accustomed to like the way grown men play. Mm-hmm. He has his moves that he's been working on for years. So it's like, if you look at that last shot, it's basically like a s- couple simple basketball moves, mm-hmm. like crossover one way, crossover another way, and then just a simple step back. Mm-hmm. It's just that. I'm pretty sure it just looked like it was so easy because yeah. he worked on that like hours and hours and hours at the gym. Yeah. Shaq was being a hater, though. I thought he was being a hater. <laughs> Luca, the situation that he was in, he was on a bum ankle. He didn't have Porzingis. They were down 21 in the second quarter. Or it was a high amount. It was a lot. It was a lot. I really thought up. it was over. <laughs> they caught up. I mean, it seemed like the Clippers were just making shots after shots. I mean, the Clippers, as in Kawhi and Lou, pandemic people would only hit like one or two. And they were down by one. And in three seconds left, he really went between the leg, back over, and hit a step back in like 3.2 seconds. It was pretty like much. pretty ballsy. I saw like this video on Twitter of Luca in the timeout. He was just messing around, like flipping a bottle. Like, remember <laughs> that little trend that everybody was doing? Yeah. was like flipping a bottle. And I had tweeted, I was like, I tweeted on the. My personal account i was like man this guy luca must be a serial killer like <laughs> he legit might be a serial killer because he was really in the heat of the moment just sitting there flipping a water bottle just trying to make it land on like standing straight up and i was like this guy's insane man <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like it's not even just eyes in the veins it's like ice in his whole body yeah he's not, <laughs> even, he's not even worried that's like the scary thing about it um, it's good that he hit that on uh, Kobe Bryant's birthday, 823. Uh, we want to start off this podcast talking about Kobe and how he meant to us. 
uh, or just how he what led us to believe that we love basketball and this was like our favorite sport because of him. Do you think Kobe was that way for you? Yeah, I mean, Kobe was, I just remember watching Kobe from like a very young age when I honestly didn't even know him back then. It was probably like the very first NBA game I watched and then I just saw him play and seeing how hard he was playing, I had to I had to figure out who he was because I was like so young, so new to the game. So I already saw at that time and that impact that he has on me as a person or as an aspiring like athlete at that time, like how he was playing was just like magnetic to like my my eyes and like my fatuation to the game. Mm-hmm. How about you? What what did you remember about Kobe from then? Oh man, I let's see. I think my first memory of my childhood had to be watching like Lakers basketball. I still could like vividly remember us going against the Blazers and going against the Kings. Yeah. So being that, like that being like my first memory, like it just was in my blood and DNA and watching those games with my family, that's always meant like with basketball, I relate Kobe, basketball and family all together, like tied together. Yeah. And just the fact that he always worked hard, he had doubters and he always proved them wrong and that it didn't matter how talented you were like it just meant what he proved was that as long as you work hard you can make an impact in whatever you do and it's simple as that just hard work and focus he wasn't as skilled as michael jordan wasn't as athletic and sometimes he alone just off of working hard he was like i'm gonna be this guy if not better than michael jordan and that just shows a lot that he put that in his head that he would say that I'm gonna either be as close to this guy or better than this guy. That's and that's his Mamba mentality yeah. that he brought up so many times and yeah. I, like all day today. Like I was just thinking one of his quotes. Basically, I'm I'm probably paraphrasing it, but it's basically like working, waking up every day and to be better than you were yesterday. At least yeah. that's my interpretation. Yeah, I can't remember the exact word for word, but yeah. that's my imp- interpretation that there's always something that you can be better at every single day. There's always something that you need to work on. There's always something that you can improve on. And then basically what's stopping you from being your best is your own self. Mm-hmm. I, I always remember that season, uh, the 2012, 2013 season where they were like in the ninth seed and he willed his way, especially I think after the all-star game. Yeah. It was like, we are not going to be, we were going to play in the playoffs no matter what. And like he even willed some of like some of the games that he willed his way to have them win. One of my favorite games was uh, against the Raptors where he hit like maybe four threes in a row yeah. or three threes in a row. And he, it just showed that he was not willing to lose. I mean, even the Warriors game when he tore his Achilles, he was like, I'm going to hit these free throws and I'm switching them every time, but I'm going to unfortunately walk out of this. And Yeah, he made that Achilles injury look like it was a minor injury yeah. at that time. Like yeah. he really walked that off where anybody else that would have that injury would like be carried off and like he just walked that off like yeah. he's immune to it or something. Yeah. 
Dino Kobe really showed a lot to me. Like, I like 81 and, like, number 8 and 24, but Vino was different. Like, everything was against him, and he showed that, no, it's not, and, like, he was going to do whatever it took for one. Unfortunately, he tore his Achilles, but it was still nice seeing him have that one season where he was willing that, that depleted team into the playoffs. Yeah, and, I mean... He basically carried it on till the end of his career, till his last game. That I just remember that day too. Like I came home from work, put on my full Kobe, like you not uniform, but everything Kobe that I had at that yeah. time, and just basically watched that game, acting like I was in the game with them, and yeah. just enjoying every single moment of it. I was probably like jumping up and down. My family around me, like, "What? Is, what are you doing?" <laughs> and just watching a game, but like that game was just so memorable. Like it just flashed back all his wonderful moments in his yeah. career. And like, you can really personify what Kobe is in that game. Yeah. It made you feel like a kid again, like much. rooting for him. I felt when that game happened, I felt like I was like a little nine or 10 year old kid yeah. just watching him play and hitting. I, I'm not gonna lie. I think I, he hit that sh- one of those shots and I started crying a little bit. I was like, man, like, I was like, this might be the last few times I see him hit this fadeaway. And I was like, grown mad tears, crying yeah. about it. I'm sure you're not the only one, because honestly, yeah. I was there with you. <laughs> like, I was I was tearing up, like, at the last moments yeah. and, like, the last couple minutes. I mean, everybody knew who was going to have the ball, yeah. like, who was going to do, like, his moves, his yeah. last plays. I mean, it was, it was just some one-of-a-kind game. I always laugh at the irony of that game that his last moment in the the, the last game he played against Jazz was him passing it oh, yeah. to Jordan Clarkson. And it's just like the yeah. funniest thing. Like Kobe just, never passes the ball. And his last moment he passed it. So that was great. Yeah. I mean, that last game is like so memorable. Like, like it's not that people forget that the Warriors won 73 wins yeah. and that that same day, same yeah. time, but I think there was stats maybe to back it up that more people were tuning in to the mm-hmm. Kobe's last game than the record-breaking yeah. Warriors. I think we even whooped on the Warriors that season. That we was did. that one year where, like, D'Angelo and, I think, Marcelo Huertas, I think they even, like, all balled out that game. Yeah, I think it was around Christmas then, time. Yeah, and I think, yeah, the Warriors, one of their losses was against that Lakers team. Yeah. And then that was a – it was a – that season sucked in general because of how bad they were, but it was still magical to you seeing Kobe just enjoying his last season. Yeah, I mean, you can see all the support that he had in that game too, like all mm-hmm. his like ex teammates that came up to him at the end of the game, everybody that showed up, mm-hmm. even their tribute to him. Mm-hmm. It's just something else that is probably another once in a lifetime player, mm-hmm. even though he's so comparable. To Michael Jordan, he's still his own player that you can definitively say how he played. Mm-hmm. Was that your favorite game, or did you have another favorite game? Honestly, I think that was my favorite game because it personified like him as a player. Yeah. Like I know that he had a lot of great moments, all the clutch shots against any team, even like that famous moment where he hit that uh, free throw line extended jump shot against the Suns, mm-hmm. but being up three one, mm-hmm. but. I think his very last game was like, the most emotional roller coaster I felt yeah. watching him. Even though it was his last game, I felt like he 
put his stamp on the game forever. Yeah. I felt more emotion from them him winning that game than I did like when they won that Celtic series. Like I, I was happy that we won the championship, but there was a certain like wave of emotion from when he had that last game that like I just can't describe or it's hard for me to vividly remember. Like I just remember being in that moment and that was it. Dude. But I can't like flash back to how I was in that exact moment or the feelings that I felt in the exact moment. I can still remember being the feelings that I had when we won the championship against Celtics, but I just can't remember or like it's it felt like a once in a lifetime that him scoring sixty points in his last game of the career. Like we will see a lot of our players win championships. That's more likely, but it's very rare that we will see our favorite player in his last game score sixty points. Basically, his willing his team to win that game. Yeah. Even though it was a non-bearing game for the Jazz at that time anymore, but you can still see that Kobe wanted to win his last game. Kobe wanted to put everything he has in the game and basically, like and his career in the high note. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Insane. If you have it being Kobe's birthday and his own day dedicated to him, but yeah. at least we still have all these memories that we can hold on to. And I think even though he's gone now, we can still look back at it and enjoy and be grateful for what we were able to witness, you know? And I mean, that's pretty much talking about Kobe. I mean, we love you, Kobe. Is we miss you, Kobe. I know. I Woj said it best in his post, I think, on Saturday night, that he, in the bubble, he said that this environment is for Kobe. Like, he, you, you always wonder how Kobe would be in this bubble and how he would be playing a mental game against all these guys and nonstop working out, walking around, just probably, like, having like his little pep in his step to have that mental edge over you and like smirking at you yeah. like knowing that he's the best player on yeah. the floor at all times. And um, there was a line that Woj said that like, it still kind of make, like makes me cry a little bit where he says like, I still hope to like look around the corner or you're, you're walking around the corner and you're still, you're going to be there. And unfortunately you're not. And that still makes me sad, but it is what it is, you know? Just to end our discussion about Kobe Day, I mean, kind of glad that we ended on a happy note with how Kobe Day went. Clippers getting beat by a game-winning shot by Luka, that, that was good, one. And Lakers throttling the Blazers in game four. Game four. So Lakers are up now 3-1, dedicated to Kobe with their black Mamba Knights jersey yeah. with little heart two for yeah. Gigi. Kobe and Gigi would be so proud. They, they would be. So we just got a few more wins as Laker fans. Lakers just need to get one win to get past this series and then 12 more to get the championship. So rest of the episode, we're going to talk about the rest of the playoff matchups. Um, the East kind of went the way that we predicted. We knew those four teams were going to win. We thought some series might have been closer. Yeah, I really thought the uh... The Heat and the Pacers. The Heat and Pacers. Yeah. I mean, they, they play close games, but I really yeah. thought it was going to go longer. But We thought Boston and Sixers, too, would yeah. be kind of close. Yeah, I didn't think that 
indeed would go out like that. Yeah. Especially with all the talking that he's been doing. Yeah. But Celtics is a great team, great team effort. So there's that. They're moving on to the next round. Milwaukee and Orlando first match I was going to talk about. Um, that's as simple as Bucks after losing that first game just started throttling them. Yeah, I mean the same as Lakers. Yeah, and so. uh, Giannis's stats are impressive. I mean he's like putting up some monster numbers, shooting sixty percent. I think only playing like twenty five minutes per yeah. game. I mean yeah. that's an MVP candidate right yeah. there, and then you can see how he dominates the game in both ends and how and how much impact he has on the pace of the game. Mm-hmm. Miami and Pacers, that was a sweep, convincingly, convincible, uh, convincing sweep that the Miami Heat on the Pacers. You can see TJ Warren looks like uh, Jimmy Butler is living <laughs> rent-free in his head. Yeah. I mean, the, what's it, game three that or game four that they kind of went back-to-back at the end? But it's just that I don't think the Pacers handled could have handled the firepower that Miami yeah. had. I think if Sabonis played, DeMontis Sabonis played, I mean, that's that's one all-star that's not on their team. Because, yeah, he went off. He was all-star. Yeah, he, he was, was all-star. Yeah. So he, he wasn't there, and he would have made a difference. Uh, Bam would have had to bang with more centers and big body people, but yeah. Bam was feasting. He was doing good. Jimmy Butler might be injured with a shoulder. Do you think that's going to affect them? If the Milwaukee Bucks advance, they they would have to play soon. They don't wait on yeah, the I don't rest think of the series. They'll probably play what Thursday or Friday, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean it helps that they actually get some rest before Milwaukee advances, but who that would be a tough tough matchup. Yeah. Who do you think will guard Giannis in that team? It's gonna be Bam. Bam matches him up like all the time. Like right. if I see the series, but Giannis still bullies him every time. But Jimmy needs to be healthy because if Bam's not on the floor or Bam's having foul trouble, you can. The only person that can really guard Giannis is Jimmy, Iggy. But Iggy doesn't stand him stand a chance against Giannis and Jay Crowder. Maybe Jay Crowder because he's a little bit bigger. But yeah. I don't think anybody could stop Giannis yeah. like that. Let's see how strong he is. Unless you put physically, it's only Bam. Like yeah. lengthwise, that's the only thing that matches up. They all they are both surrounded by elite shooters, so it's going to be a, a shootout almost. Yeah, I mean, who would who else would play center for the Heat if Bam moves up to the four? It would be Kelly Olynyk. Looks like he plays a lot um, of five yeah. when he gets in there. It'll be a three point shooting center matchup yeah. right there with Brooke Lopez yeah. too. Which I mean, technically, Brooke Lopez can probably take advantage of his height match height difference with yeah. Kelly and go down the yeah. block once in a while. Kendrick Nunn, I think, just played his first game and he looked good too, but I don't think he's going to be that much of a factor. Yeah, I mean, he's he hasn't been playing for. I don't. You think it's for a reason that he hasn't been playing? You think it's performance wise? He had or? COVID. They said he had COVID and he was. He had to attend to a personal matter while right. it was the seeding games, so mm-hmm. he hasn't been there physically, like form, like his conditioning isn't there yet. So that's why they're like easing him in. Um, but I don't think he's not going to be a factor. The way that Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson's been playing consistently, I feel like they uh, complement Jimmy Butler and Bam's playmaking really mm-hmm. well. So they'll probably see the floor more. 
Um, people keep making fun of Pandemic P for having like horrible shooting, but Chris Middleton has been horrendous too. Horrible. <laughs> horrible. So he has to get it together, and Giannis can be carrying the load himself. Chris Middleton needs to get it together to have at least a fighting chance. I I think Bucks are still going to make they they have like that championship aspiration to to get them to win against the Miami Heat. Move on to the next matchup. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be Boston and Toronto, but Toronto, all we can really think about their broken matchup is Kyle Lauer being injured. That's Would that affect their next match, um, the series against the Celtics? I mean, I, I think so because Kyle Lowry would probably be a, um, a hard matchup for Kemba to guard just because of the his body build and Kyle Lowry is pretty strong as a guard. Yeah. I would look at the matchups for that series as pretty even. Yeah. I really, really think that the matchup that we need to look out for is the center matchup because yeah. I, I think the other like the guards and the forwards would probably be even now or canceled out. In a yeah, way. because uh, Gordon Hayward's out, so Marcus Smart is um, next man in. So that's like Laurie and Van Vliet against Marcus Smart and Kemba. Yeah, and then Siakam and and Tatum. Um, yeah, matchup, probably. Okay. and then Brown versus Ananobi. So the most biggest matchup is Gasol matchup. versus Tice. Gasol versus Tice or Ibaka and Kanner. Yeah. So I would give me match. I, I think so, but if we if everybody else cancels out, I would give the advantage to Toronto. Those are two like the most brilliant coaches, like young coaches, like in career wise, that they're young in their career. Nick Nurse, Coach of the Year, and uh, Brad Stevens. It'll be a chess game, for sure. It will be. You think that Jason Tatum has been playing well all bubble long and all series from the Sixers. Do you think he can still push it another gear? That Raptors defense is serious. Uh, probably one of the – I don't know if he could. Maybe he can. I, I believe he will. But I would not be shocked if he gets locked down on an Obi and Siakam can play defense and they're long yeah they can match up with them their team defense is spectacular too like they never leave uh their assignments are always on point they don't leave they don't blow assignments and they can switch like you can see like kyle lowry like um go against like lebron he guards them sometimes and van fleet like will guard them too so it'll be a good series i like the that series a lot but i think I think he's gonna go seven, maybe Raptors. Raptors, yeah, you. Yeah, I think. Well, I picked the Raptors to go against the Lakers in the finals, so who's still going with the Raptors? So it would be. I think it would be very ironic if the Clippers get knocked out in the first round and the Raptors advance, just because, just because, like everybody said that Kawhi carried that team last year, and then if they move on and face the. Possibly the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference Final. That would be very funny. Yeah. Brooklyn Nets, uh, Karis LeVert was hooping still, even though that they were getting blown out every game. That's most likely going to be their third superstar with Durant and Kyrie. Have you seen those rumors today that um, the Brooklyn Nets, specifically Durant, wants a great Popovich as a coach? Do you think that's going to happen? With all the characters that they have, I don't think. Greg Popovich would touch that. Yeah, Greg Popovich would, I think Greg Popovich would just retire. Yeah, I mean, he's 
pretty comfortable with how the Spurs are run. Like he, that's basically his team. Mm-hmm. He gets to do whatever he wants. Gets the players that he wants. Yeah. Gets to play his system. If he goes somewhere else, I don't think it'll be the Brooklyn Nets. Whoever they have as the new coach, I think their team is still going to be spooky, like scary. They have all the talent yeah, that you can sure. ever want. Yeah. Who would you think that would? Do you think they still need to add another player, or do you think they're going to they're going to put Karis LeVert on the market just to see what they can get out of it? Maybe like Zach Levine or Bradley Beal, but that doesn't move the needle. Like you might as well just stick with Karis LeVert. He's yeah. pretty young. Yeah. So. And most likely, what they're going to do is that if you try to trade Karis LeVert, since Levine and Bradley Beal are established stars, you can't just do a swap. They're going to ask for like picks and more players, so it wouldn't move the needle. Like I'd rather just have Karis LeVert rather than losing future assets and then having Zach or Bradley Beal. Especially the, how he's been playing lately. There's still improvement that he yeah. can make, and more time means yeah, yeah. he'll just get better. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about the Sixers and they, them getting swept? That's I wasn't shocked that they got swept, but seeing their demise on how their team was two years ago, or even just a year ago, yeah, is pretty crazy. I mean, they were supposed to be a championship contender this year mm-hmm. with all the bodies that they have they're a really tall team yeah. like they're talented they they were all all around team but losing jj reddick last year was a big oh. hit for them he opened and up jimmy. and jimmy i mean i think joel mb talked about talked about losing jj reddick in his own podcast how him and jj reddick played well together mm-hmm. And they needed that shooter to open things up for them. They lost McConnell too, right? Yeah, and those guys are general. Like, yeah, those guys are like scrappy. Like they put, they play with like their heart on their sleeve, and that just shows like the Philly grit that you know the city of. Yeah. Compared to like their team now, they just seem like they were just not there. They're like divas, superstars. Yeah, Tobias and Al Horford might have been the worst signings of this whole last year's free agency. How much did they spend on that? Like two hundred. Almost it's 300 bad, million? Yeah, just for those two guys. Everyone's saying that Ben or Embiid has to go. Who would you rather pick from those two to be traded? I would pick Ben to go. You would rather have Ben to go? Yeah, I think that Joel Embiid is a more all-around player that's, I guess, harder to find. Mm-hmm. And I think he's still the future of the franchise. Mm-hmm. How about you? I would contradict you and say Embiid. I think since Embiid is a more talented player, that you can get more for him. And as a rebuilding team, because if you're going to trade one of them, you're automatically going to say that you're rebuilding the team. Is it really a rebuild, though, if Tobias Harris is still there and Horford is still there? I think it's a rebuild because they're firing the coach and they're giving one of their superstars away. So that's you're losing... A huge chunk of your team. You're, you're losing like the mind of your team and like the heart of your team, and those are the coach and your best superstar. I hope they don't trade him to the Warriors. Or there was like some discussions of him trying to go to the Warriors or the Heat. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that would be a slippery slope for them though, because if they do trade one of those two players, like um, Tobias Harris or Al Horford, will probably ask for a trade. Yeah, just because they won't. They, it's not like they're still starting their career. Yeah. They're already 
That would be good for Sixers because if they're willing to say, I'm out, uh, trade me, that takes yeah. them off the cap space. Pretty much. It's like start over, yeah. start from zero. Do they still have draft picks? Yeah, they do. I'm pretty sure they do. Um, if Embiid gets traded, I either see him getting traded to the Warriors or the Heat because the Heat got a lot of assets. And I know uh, Jimmy and, and, um, Jimmy and uh, Embiid are really close. And then if it's Simmons getting traded, I see Simmons getting traded to the Timberwolves for that number one pick. Ooh. Yeah. Well, so it's either Simmons going to the Timberwolves for the number one pick and, or MB going to the Warriors for the number two pick? Yeah, or to the Heat. So Wolves and the Golden State Warriors winning one and two would help their franchise a lot. Imagine just sucking for one year. And you're back to being a title contender, like for especially one. for the Warriors. Like that is just wild to me. It's like number one seed going to the what, the, almost the last seed, last yeah. place, and then going back up to the top again with all your healthy players. That's like the fastest rebuild. <laughs> think of greatest rebuilding. What Steph just broke his hand. Clay unfortunately tore his ACL. And they were playing. It was only half the seat, not a half the season. It was like two thirds of the season done. Yeah, and that was it. And then they got a number two pick. <laughs> yeah, I mean they were already kind of resting Draymond Green within yeah. the series. Like yeah. they would be out playing one game, out the next game, playing yeah. two games, same thing. And then, I mean, pandemic really helped some teams. Would you trade if you were on the Warriors? Who would you package? With that number two pick, you have obviously you're keeping Curry and Clay, right? But I think Draymond would be on the fence. So I think so. If they're gonna get Embiid, I would trade Draymond. Yeah, because it's not not essentially the same player, but Embiid would bring the same skill set as Draymond, but add like push it up to another yeah. level with more scoring. I would try to find a way find a way to trade. Draymond and Wiggins because with a number two pick, if they find this, I highly doubt they're going to find like a superstar level because if you're trading number two, Draymond and Wiggins, you're asking for a superstar back. Yeah. But I really like the development of Eric Pascal or Pascal. Yeah. He looks really good. He looks like a baby Draymond. Mm. But he, he can score. And he can score. That's like, I mean, his playmaking is not as good as defense is, eh, but his scoring is way better than Draymond. So you think you know, they'll probably trade more not inclined, but more open to trading Draymond just because of Eric Pascal. Yeah, and Pascal, since he was uh, either a late or early second, his contract is super cheap. Yeah. And Draymond, I think, got signed for max four years. Yeah, so, you know, but that Warriors team might might be pretty crazy. The <laughs> West will be pretty crazy. Yeah. Next up, we'll probably talk about the West matches, West matchups. Um... Another uh, nail biter game today for the OKC and the Rockets. Yeah. Um, so serious tied now two two. Do you think Russell Westbrook will push to play the next game? He will, knowing him, he he he's competitive like that. Yeah. But I don't know if it's the smartest thing too. They showed him working out. Yeah. They said working out hard, like yeah, you know how he moves, but. I don't know. What I think about it, though, is that the Rockets could have... If you saw the last two games that the Thunders won, 
the Rockets should have swept them. That game should have never went to overtime, and they should have won it in uh, game three. That should have been – they just didn't show – well, Harden fouling out was crucial in that overtime. Game four, they missed like 21 three-pointers straight they in a row. They started hot. They yeah. started eight out of eight from yeah. three and then went ice cold. Yeah. You live by the three and you die by the three. And they that's what showed in that game because they were just chucking three-pointers. Like imagine if they just didn't shoot one or two three-pointers – and got an easy two instead. Yeah, it would be a completely different game. Completely different. It would open up the three more and yeah. probably be better looks. And I think they were just forcing it. Like they were just trying to make it happen. Yeah, I think they're they're up a good amount. So I mean, they're they're probably thinking, oh, we got up by shooting all these threes. Let's keep going. Yeah. I mean, like you said, live by a three, die by a three, and that's that's what they do. <laughs> Chris Paul's looking like a leader. Did you see like the the behind the scene videos of him like trying to tell Adina Schroeder to yeah. like this is how you run so that's pretty impressive. Uh Lou Dort. Yeah. Really good defensive player. I love when he gets like screened, he like will fight through a screen or he he finds a way to get in front of Harden every time. What's your take with people saying that he did a good defensive job on Harden but he still scored a lot? I notice that Harden is tired, mm. exhausted. And he's having to max out just to try to get 30 points. And Lou Dort is impacting him because of that stuff. If if it was somebody else guarding him, Harden's getting 36 easily, not even tired. But here he legit looks exhausted sometimes, like getting getting hounded by Lou Dort. And that's why I think Russ Burke will need to come back. Just yeah, because true. the toll that they're putting on Harden. It's not what, they the need Westbrook to ease up Harden's workload. And with him just being on the floor, even if he doesn't like handle the ball that much, just him being on the floor will open up the floor. Mm-hmm. Just because he can take it in once in a while and leave Harden, I guess, mm-hmm. resting. Yeah. Or just waiting for a spot up. But he, their, their play, I don't, I really don't think it's sustainable just because like we already see how the game somehow slows down still during the playoffs even with the pace that they have like they you really have to have set half court plays that will work just Mm -hmm. like that and rocket still plays a pick and roll pass pass three-point shot yeah they they don't run they don't have any sets it's yeah hard and bring it up there's four guys surrounded and that's swing 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 space to floor just yeah, that which is the exact opposite of how Dallas plays. Yeah, they have set plays that, even though their plays are, you can say not as good as the Rockets players, mm-hmm. they play their roles very well and they know how to get shots mm-hmm. easily. For the series of the Thunder's and the Rockets, I think I might have said that the Thunder were gonna win out I, on it. I think we said. OKC in seven. Yeah, but we said OKC in seven because we didn't want the Lakers to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I don't think it was a good yeah. matchup. We don't. We didn't think that it was going to be a good matchup. But it would actually be both really difficult matchups for the Lakers because it's either one team has a whole bunch of three point shooting and one team has a lot of ball handlers. Yeah, ball handlers, and they actually have a big guy that. Yeah, it's really good. But seeing how the Lakers are guarding. Um, how the Lakers are guarding CJ and Dame and slowing them down, and they're forcing other people to make moves. We'll see how that goes, but 
the way that they guard CJ and Dame wouldn't work on Harden and and Westbrook. Yeah. Just because it's not that they're the same players, but it's still two star guards rather than three ball handlers for OKC. So maybe it's a a matchup possibility that the Lakers would prefer playing the Rockets just because of that reason. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Yeah. So, or do you still want to stick with OKC going seven? If Westbrook comes back and he's fully healthy, I think they'll find a way to pull it out. But if he doesn't, game five, I'm going OKC. Yeah. As a Laker fan, I just simply wanted to go seven games. I don't care the outcome of it. I just <laughs> wanted to go seven, just to be who's tired. But I'm still more scared of the Rockets. But maybe the. Thunder has like a mental edge over the Rockets that they're more clutch at the end. And that might be like a huge factor. And I've noticed, I think the Rockets have like always been playing up and then all of a sudden they choke every time. How many players did they play in a game? Like eight? Yeah, because they run eight. Because I know off the bench is just Rivers, Macklemore, and, and Jeff Green. Jeff, no, Jeff Green starts. Oh, does he? I think he just No, because Covington, oh, Tucker, Covington, Tucker. Um, Gordon, Gordon, Harden, House. House and Harden. Yeah. Okay. So their bench is only Rivers, uh, Jeff Green, and, and who did you say? <laughs> I totally forgot. I just was talking about it. Well, basically, eight players. They, they run eight players. They run eight players. Eight. Macklemore. Macklemore. They basically yeah. run eight players that are all guards and forwards. Yeah. With. That's the Covington, their strongest and longest yeah, player. Yeah, that series still gonna be fun. So gonna be fun the rest of this the, the rest of the series. Uh, Utah Jazz and Denver, the Spider, best player of uh, the bubble playoffs right now. You think? Yeah, I mean you can see how well he plays against the Denver matchup. Yeah, the, I guess the other guard that's scoring fifty against yeah. him. He, he looks really good out there. I remember them talking about this series, and they were saying that Tory Craig would give hard time. He gives, like, Donovan Mitchell a hard time. And, like, I always see, like, that Michael Jordan meme is, like, and he took it personal. And he's like, all right, and I took it personal. I'm pretty sure after they started talking uh, crap about that, he took it personal that really you think this guy can stop me. Yeah. Um, Michael, Porter Jordan, Michael Porter Jr. looks so lost defensively, too. I mean, that goes with experience. Yeah. Playoff basketball is different than regular season games. We we thought that Denver was going to get out, right? Yeah, we thought. Because, yeah, we were like, oh, Mike Conley wouldn't, wouldn't get it together. Yeah, but also, and now he's... I also said that if Mike Conley could figure it out, like, yeah. one they, 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 he could win them a game or two. Yeah, he looks so good. After he looks so good. He became oh, a, a dad. How do you think the series would have been if he didn't sit out those two games. Do you think it would have been a sweep by the Jazz? Because technically he didn't miss that first game. Yeah. But he didn't he missed the second game and they whooped on the Denver Nuggets anywhere. That's it would have been a sweep though. By the Jazz? Possibly. Jamal Murray may have something to say about that. Yeah. I, think, <laughs> I hate Jamal Murray. Uh, well he scored He's so good but I hate him. You know? He scored 30, 30 plus the first yeah. set. One of them, and then scored twelve the next game, and yeah. then goes back up to fifty. Like, what what is going on with that? Is it their offense? Is it just 
It's it's not like it's home court anymore. I have no idea. I think we were talking about this. Uh, Denver relies on like that mile high yeah, atmosphere. I, I brought that up last time. I was, yeah. I, that they really used that as their advantage. Yeah. And we can see that, but then also Jazz has their crowd to mm-hmm. their advantage. So I guess it kind of evens out. Mm-hmm. They do look like an even matchup team, and it's just I think Utah has more of a clutch players and more experienced players. Maybe that's what it is. Because mm-hmm. besides Donovan Mitchell, they have Conley, a veteran. Ingles, a veteran. Gobert's been around for mm-hmm. a while, but uh, Donovan Mitchell's playmaking is in an elite level that complements their whole offense. Yeah. He's so good. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell's so good. I'm still laughing at that moment where uh, Paul Millsap blocks him and he yeah. like mad dogs him. And I was like, why would you mad dog him? And um, Donovan Mitchell has like eight seconds left and then he he, he calls for the screen for Paul Millsap yeah. to guard him and he just poops on him with that three-pointer. Yeah. I think we texted each other. Yeah, right I was like, that like, why would you even try to... He has 50 points and you're trash-talking a guy with like 50 points. Like, <laughs> oh, why would you 50? do that? <laughs> And that, was it 50 it, on him? Yeah, and I think it was. And insert the Michael Jordan meme, and that's where he took it personal. <laughs> Next matchup was the Lakers versus Blazers, the game that finished about two hours ago. Um, we were so worried in episode two. <laughs> like, we were shitting bricks almost. Yeah. And together, do you want to just say it? Yeah, I guess we can just say it. Three, Lake, two, yeah. one. Lakers at five. five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Dame might be injured. Um, Lakers are just... Playing. I think they finally figured it out. Yeah, they're playing possessed, like yeah. offensively and defensively. I'm glad Charles Barkley brought out the broom because <laughs> he just signed their death sentence bringing yeah. out the broom. You never bring out the broom after game one. Never. Yeah. You never bring it's that like out. calling the game at fourth quarter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's still the rest of the series, but if Dame's not healthy, um, AD has back spasms, but I think it's back spasms to say that... I don't want to play for the rest of the games. Right. <laughs> so, but their Lakers are convincing of being the Blazers. So, Lakers in five. Yeah, pretty much. Who are they going to go up against? Either Rockets or Thunder. Ooh. Yeah. 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 Next episode. We'll Next talk episode. About that. Yeah, we can talk about that. Um, for the rest of this episode, it is the Cross- limited edition, special edition uh Shitting on Pandemic P. There's the so many. <laughs> pandemic P. What else is there? The fun, The funniest one was hey, they quoted Paul George, and he says, "Well, if I hit more shots, we would have, uh, we would, we would most likely win the game." Perspective P. Perspective <laughs> P. And I was crying. Yeah, there's so many nicknames. He's Everyone just yeah. on. And then um, I found out today that he had disabled his comments on his Instagram, so nobody could comment on it. <laughs> and then I tweeted privacy P. Oh, <laughs> I was just like, God. I was like, that's what you get for like Nick- giving yourself a nickname. name. And ever since you came up with that name, you haven't done shit. Why do you think that is? Like, is it? The- it's mental. I I saw like that that quote by. Um, Who's a power forward? Jamichael Green. He was like, oh, we were just telling him to keep shooting the shot and to not think about it and not making it, like, mental. And I was like, the fact that his teammate admitted that it was mental, that's not good. 
That's not good. And for a superstar, yeah, that is not good. Yeah. And he, he, Jermichael Green said, like, oh, don't even go on social media. I was like, so you're telling me Paul George was going on social media and seeing this and letting it get in his head? I was like, rut row. You think yeah. it's that, or you think it's um, Seth Curry getting in his head? <laughs> getting in his head, his yeah. ex girlfriend's new husband. Yeah, Bef- like before that, like I never really thought that the girl, the ex girlfriend's father, is his, his coach. coach. Yeah, that's 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 a lot to think about. <laughs> in the post game interview, like if you listen to it, it's like Doc Rivers wanted to shit on Paul George so badly. But he tried to address the team as a whole just to not single out uh, Paul George like he wanted to so bad. And that's what happens when you have a team that's all bark and no bite. Like you see Montrezl Harrell talking about Luka like with the comment that he said he didn't show up. Paul George talking all that noise and in game one saying that he's back and then he even posted like that stupid Instagram like he was like a 13-year-old Tumblr user. Right. Saying, well, why are you guys even talking about me? And like, I was like, come on, bro. Like, you're gonna, you're gonna post an Instagram post that like the quality of it is that it got screenshotted like thirty times. Like, what are you five? And oh the biggest God. talker is just on their bench. You know? Yeah, and he's on the bench. And then I was texting you last night saying like how on the mic up Doc Rivers was saying he's like, man, you guys need to get emotionally invested. He's getting pissed off at them. And then the irony of that team is that you have. The whole squad being all bark and no bite, and then you have one guy who is all bite and no bark, like quite opposite, complete opposite. So it's like Kawhi Leonard is such a quiet person; he can't motivate them emotionally. To like, come on, like I can just imagine Kawhi with like his robotic voice, like, "Come on, guys, uh, let's, let's, let's go win this game, let's win this game." Uh-huh. But, <laughs> yeah, that type of stuff. So it's like, and then you have Pat Bev talking and. It's just it's just crazy you see like this band of this Mavericks team. This Mavericks team is like very like it's compared to the two thousand eleven team where it's just a random group of people. Like a very random group of people. And that two thousand eleven team ended up winning the championship, right? Yeah. And this team too is like a random group of people like Seth Curry, um Trey Burke. Yeah. Trey Burke, Cleaverd, um Kleba. 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 Um Marjanovic. Uh Mr. Urain himself. JJ Barea. JJ Barea, Dorian Finney Smith, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Luca and Porzingis. Yeah. Like, as random as a team it gets. To think about it. Porzingis didn't even play the last game. Yeah. And Luca had a bum ankle. Like you can see that last play, it was like why didn't they blitz Luca? Like, like they just inbounded the ball that the opponent, the, the Clippers, whoever was guarding the inbound play, could have easily doubled Luca at that time. Exactly, that ball, that ball is not going to Luca's hand. It's simple as that. I'm double teaming him, and somebody else is shooting it, and I don't care if it's like I'm not going to let him shoot the shot or let him even get the ball. With your A lot of teams would like not even guard the inbound, but face the other way and just watch where would Luca would go. Yeah. Basically, just yeah. cover him up and have somebody else catch the ball. Like, it doesn't matter how many screens you have. The funniest thing, too, is that Luca really did a few crossovers and stepped back. Like, he knew he had it. It was in his bag. I mean, like, he knew he had Reggie Jackson. Like, Reggie Jackson was not going to guard it. I, he measured him up too because I was oh, watching totally. the highlights. Like the couple plays before that, he did almost the exact same move, and yeah. 
Reggie Jackson bit on the crossover really bad that he yeah. basically got his ankles broken. He he was making clutch shots too. I think he had like the yeah. one stat. He he made like the last seven. Offensively, I think. he yeah. was pretty good. That's yeah. why he was on the floor. Yeah. But I mean the. Mavs play is basically like what they call the simple one four flat. Like if you take a screenshot of that last play, is basically Luca on top by himself and all four players are in a straight line yeah. under the goal. He was headhunting Reggie Jackson and um Lou Williams so bad too. You knew that they were just they were throwing all these different screens at him to for it to be either Lou or Reggie Jackson guarding him. I, I could see how flustered Kawhi was getting because Kawhi was having to either fight through the screen to try to chase after him, and he was getting tired. Especially Kawhi having to carry the offensive load. He was exhausted like defensively, too. He was still making defensive stops, but you can see that he wasn't like fully effort on the defensive side because of how exhausted he was on the offensive side. How do you think they would... Should they blitz uh, Luca like how they would blitz like how the Lakers or any other team would blitz Dame? The problem is though is that Dame isn't a good passer. Luca is exceptional, basically elite. So yeah. blitzing is completely different because he's when you blitz Dame, you can see him panic when he's trying to look for when he's getting trapped. He's like, oh shit, and he always jumps up and then he gets trapped or deflects the ball gets deflected or he's he's trying to like pinpoint a pass deflected luca is probably going to still be able to stay on his feet and while getting trapped and he knows where his guys are at and i think that's why it'd be hard to blitz him best thing to do is simply have Kawhi on him full time box in one yeah i don't think Kawhi would like that Kawhi wouldn't but he has to unless well, not even like not even just Kawhi. why don't he just switch up with paul george take and take like changes that's where paul george needs to step up if you're not making any shots and you're not making any plays to win the game at least do something on the defensive side yeah like you're letting seth curry sun you like that is crazy to me like seth curry is good don't get me wrong he can shoot but he, he shouldn't shoot. be taking you off the dribble <laughs> he 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 should not be taking you off the dribble scoring an add one on you and calling you something that i don't want to say on here right and saying it to your face and then, like Paul George, come on, you're a lead defender. Have some more perspective. You're you're known <laughs> you're known as a two way player. Yeah, and show that at least because it's like you can't let Kawhi be carrying this team alone. Kawhi's probably gonna he probably misses Toronto right now. Yeah. No matter the weather, <laughs> he just missed probably winning. Yeah. But not dealing with any characters. You people already thought that they had the most stacked team. Especially oh, yeah. with the Morris edition and Reggie Jackson edition. Yeah. They got big-headed, though, like the way they started playing. Like, they started talking all this crap, and I noticed, like, their whole team is all big-headed besides Kawhi. And they're all ego. Like, their egos get hurt. Like, Marcus Morris gets shoved by Porzingis, or gets shoved by Luca, and all of a sudden he throws, like, a fit. Same with Montrez. Right. Like, how are you going to let that 21-year-old kid get in your head like that? Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that team is, they're acting like they've already won. Yeah. But they they still need something to prove. They have something to prove. And we all thought that that was Luke, the Mavericks' worst nightmare. The worst matchup was the... Kawhi and PG. Yeah. Yeah. And he's proving it wrong. And nothing would make me more happier 
in this life than seeing the Clippers get eliminated in the first round. It, there's still a lot more to go, but nothing would make me more happier. I'll be happy for the rest of the year if the Clippers get eliminated. <laughs> that would be a, not not the L.A. storybook that they wanted to write. And um, I only want them to lose because I want to have a full discussion pooping on Pandemic P. <laughs> like just whatever, having a, whatever a full, nickname he has later. Yeah, on. a full, uh, full forty-five minute episode of this, the rise and fall of Pandemic P. <laughs> he could have been Playoff P, but no. He hasn't even been Playoff P since like two thousand sixteen. <laughs> Maybe even before that. Yeah. Like, he just had one good game against the Heat, and yeah. all of a sudden he titled himself Playoff P. Oh wow. I hope the Mavericks win, though. You think they're going to win? I want them to win. Yeah. Hopefully they get Kristaps back next game. I think that would add another level that the Clippers need to figure out since they haven't even figured out Luka yet. Mm -hmm. So I think that would just either confuse them or make them work harder. Mm -hmm. So they'll be saying, what, Mavs in seven, Mavs in six? I hope Mavs in seven. Go seven games and get... Go. I There's nothing more heartbreaking than losing in seven. Losing in seven. Yeah, so I would want it to be the most heartbreaking way. Yeah, I think Kawhi would pull off a win for them. Yeah, either next game seven. or game yeah. six probably. Wow. But if they can't figure it out, yeah. I mean, Lou Williams already doing what he needs to do. Montrez has been, he's been all right. Yeah. All right, man. But Luca, man, he's something else. Yeah. So after Luca making that game-winning shot, we are actually changing our podcast name to instead of the Booth Warmers, we are the Luca Stan Fan Club because <laughs> we love Luca. If you notice from all of our posts, his Euro step is out of this world. Is he always does that little Euro step or like he jumps off of one foot and he jumps like three inches off the ground and yeah. they can never block it. it and it's the like funniest thing. It looks like he's trying to learn how to yeah. Euro step. Yeah. <laughs> And he takes, like, the hardest steps. He's like, left, right, left, jump two inches off the ground, and just flick it in, and then he never gets blocked. Like, Manu back then would Eurostep real quick, and Luca over here, like, Eurostepping, like, five times slower, and it's still doing the same thing. Do you think Luca is officially a top five player in the NBA? After this series, probably. Yeah. The scary thing is that he's 21. And he's actually playing pretty decent defense. Yeah. He's actually staying in Who's front of his... Who's a better defender, Luka or Harden? There is some times where Harden... So, the difference between Harden and Luka is Harden, when he is focused, he can play defense. But when he is not focused on defense, he's abysmal. Like, mm. bad. Luka is at least consistently... Average. He's doing his what he his can. part. Yeah. yeah. So that's that. And but Luca's a threat, big time. So face of the league. You're predicting Luca to go first round in the fantasy next year. Pick number one <laughs> over Giannis. Yeah, because of three point shots. Yeah. Will Luca be MVP next year? I don't think so. I think, well, this is a long way from now, but I think Steph or KD will make a run for it. Yeah. Just for coming back. 
Yeah. He's Luca's eventually going to be an MVP. He multi, will. Multiple winning for MVP. He'll be like how LeBron is like he won MVP and then he will be posting numbers for a very long yeah. while and we're wondering why yeah. he's not winning. And now the Kings are in shambles. Our favorite uh, rival team of the Lakers, the Kings, making the worst decision of their life, picking Marvin Bagley over Luka. Oof. And wow. their general manager, Vladi Divac, resigned after this season. How would you feel as that? If you were like the general manager, like this was even happened in Jordan's year, where right. they picked Sam Bowie over Jordan. Yeah. How would you feel? Would you ever try to get another job? Or do you think that that's something like you don't think it would ever... I mean... Because that's, that's tangled with your career for the rest of your life. Yeah, the, the people are going to hold that over you. Yeah. But uh, it's the, the that's the thing, though. Like, the draft is basically... Uh, it's all luck sometimes. It's but literally then, a lottery. Like, yeah. Even the way you pick your player. But then the thing is, Luca has history. So I'm surprised that he didn't even go number one. Yeah. I guess he's because it's he's in Europe and nobody mm-hmm. really, not not you, that many people you, watch it. You know why Lucas didn't go number one? It's because he is a European <laughs> player. He's only a scrappy gym rat. <laughs> From what his complexion is, right? <laughs> you know that's the reason why. Right. Just simply just not being athletic. <laughs> Probably. I mean yeah. he's. I saw this play where he got the rebound, and he didn't even jump maybe like a feet yeah. from the ground. He okay. just snatched there real quick. From all the great highlights that I've seen of Luca, I have not seen a highlight of him dunking. <laughs> like I don't even know that's part of his highlight reel. He dunks on a wide open dunk, but it's yeah. just a simple two hand yeah. dunk or one hand. But it's not going to be like a poster yeah. with the body to body dunk. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we're becoming Luca fans on this podcast. This is a, this is a Luca Stan fan club, and I'm the president, and Jay is the vice president of this club. Yeah, I even even though we we keep pronouncing his last name wrong, <laughs> that's why we're just calling him Luca now. That's why we have to say Luca because we don't want to mess up. Because I know we have a very dear Mavericks fan yes. that's yes. always listening. So thank you for your support, and I am so sorry for pronouncing his last name wrong. That's why I'm not even pronouncing it at all because I don't want to disappoint you. And I'm only referring to him as Luca or God. <laughs> At this episode, we just summarized that we love Kobe, we love Luca, and, and we hate Pandemic P. Pretty much. So right. catch us on the next episode of Booth Warmers. We're probably going to be discussing round two um, of the playoffs and who will turn up from there. Yeah, probably then we'll have more awards too, right? Yeah, the awards yeah. should all be out. So we will be talking about the awards. Maybe we'll talk about season outlooks of other teams. Yeah. But it's most likely going to just be the playoff bubble. And we'll see if we're right about predictions again and see if our matchup analysis actually works. Yeah. And next episode, if the result of the Mavericks and Clippers game goes in favor of the Mavericks, we will have an episode dedicated uh, of Pandemic P. <laughs> and then we'll also have an episode dedicated to Luca, our president. Right. <laughs> our president. Luca, our, Luca for yeah. president. Our <laughs> listeners will be luca out by the yeah. third episode, fourth episode. So thank you for keeping up with this episode. 
And now you are up in the booth with the booth warmers. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you. Bye.